Have you ever been waiting for something with great anticipation? Have you ever been disappointed by someone being late? Have you ever become distracted while waiting for something that you actually missed what you were waiting for? We'll explore the topic of waiting, watching, and being ready next on Unlocking Bible Prophecies, Digging Deeper. Dear friend, I want to welcome you to Unlocking Bible Prophecies, Digging Deeper. This program is designed to dig deep into Bible prophecy, understand where we are in the scope of time, and through the understanding of prophecy, draw nearer to Jesus Christ that we might be ready for him when he comes again. Now, if you happen to have missed any of the episodes of Unlocking Bible Prophecies, Digging Deeper, I want to invite you to go to the Adventist World Radio website, www.awr.org forward slash Bible. There you can find the previous episodes of Unlocking Bible Prophecies, Digging Deeper, along with other resources to grow your spiritual library. Most especially, we have a masterclass taught by Cami Utman called Prophecy 101. You don't want to miss out on any of these resources, so I invite you to go to that website right now. Let's pray as we begin our study together. Heavenly Father, as we open up the Bible, we would like your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth. Help our minds to understand that which we are about to study. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. You know, friends, I remember during my childhood when I was growing up that I loved to go camping. It was always the highlight of our summer. Now, frequently, when I knew that the day had come for us to leave for our camping trip, I would be up early and ready to go. But then the waiting would begin. My mom would be putting on the finishing touches of getting the camper loaded. And then we would have to wait for my dad to come home from work. Now, I remember one particular occasion when our family was going to travel to Copper Harbor, Michigan. I believe it was a Friday. I was ready. Early in the morning, I had gotten up and I was ready to make this trip. I loved Copper Harbor, Michigan. It was a favorite place to travel to. But then there were delays. But I was so anxious to go. I asked my mom several times, is it time to go yet? But as the day wore on, I began to get distracted. I started playing with toys, no longer as anxious as before. Then, before you knew it, it was time to go. But now, I was the one who wasn't ready. I had toys to put away, I had toys to put away so I could get ready to go on the trip. Could it be, dear friends, that many of us, as we have been waiting and watching for Jesus, had 
drifted in our commitment to be ready for his return. You know, in Matthew chapter 24, verses 42 to 44, Jesus said these powerful words. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming, but know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Friend, did you hear those two key words? Watch and ready. Watch and be ready. Now, in Matthew 24, Jesus gave signs of his return. And this is what we are to watch for, those signs. And in episodes two and three, in our archive, we cover these very topics of the signs of the times. Now, remember, you can go to www awr.org forward slash Bible, and there you can find our program archive. And there you can also register to be a part of the Unlocking Bible Prophecies family and be made aware of all of our events and video releases. Friends, just go to awr.org forward slash Bible and there sign up to become a part of the Unlocking Bible Prophecies family. Now, as we look at Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24 addresses the signs of the times. In Matthew 25, Jesus gave a series of three parables. All of those parables answer the question of how to watch and be ready. Today, we're going to look at the first of those three parables. And so I would invite you to take your Bibles, go to Matthew, the 25th chapter. There in Matthew chapter 25, we see the first of these three parables beginning in verse 1 and onward. Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, 
for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. See, friends, as we look at this text, Jesus begins the verse by saying, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Jesus likens the kingdom of heaven to ten virgins or bridesmaids, if you're looking at a different translation. Jesus points out in this first verse three very important elements to this parable. There are ten virgins, they all have lamps, and there is a bridegroom. You see, here Jesus uses the imagery that would have been familiar to his disciples and other listeners of the time. He utilized in this parable the custom of an Eastern wedding to illustrate his point of how to be ready for his return. In this Eastern custom, the groom or the bridegroom would go forth from his house and he would take some of the wedding party. But along the way, they would pick up the various participants in the wedding and finally they would arrive at the father of the bride's home. It is here where the groom would pick up his bride and then they all would return to his home for a wedding feast. These 10 virgins in the parable are all a part of that wedding party and they're all awaiting the bridegroom's arrival to join him at the wedding feast. Now, in this parable, Jesus Christ is represented as the bridegroom. The people he's coming for are represented by the virgins. We are those virgins. Now, why does the parable call them virgins? You know, symbolically, a virgin is pure. And in this parable, that represents a pure faith that is absolutely unadulterated. Also in the parable, each of them has a lamp. The lamp here in the parable undoubtedly is a reference to the word of God. In some very familiar Bible verses that I'm sure you know, Psalm 119, 105, for example, says this. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Later in that same psalm, Psalm 119, 130, it says, The entrance of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. And 2 Peter 1.19, our theme text of unlocking Bible prophecies, digging deeper, says this, And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. You see, God's holy word, the Bible, gives light to the path that we might then travel safely with him. Each virgin has a lamp. Each virgin has the word of God. So let's think about this now for a moment. They're virgins. Each of them has a pure faith 
as their foundation. Each of them has a lamp, which means they have the very word of God in their life as a part of that foundation. So, these ten virgins, they're awaiting the coming of the bridegroom. And at first glance, the ten virgins seem to be equal. But in verse 2 of the text, it reveals a very different story. Matthew chapter 25, verses 2 to 5 says the following. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. Jesus now divides these ten virgins into two classes. Five were wise Five were foolish. Now, in the original Greek language, the word wise literally translated means to be intelligent, prudent, sensible, and mindful of one's interests. However, the word foolish in the original language means to be full of folly, impious, godless, and stupid. Jesus divides the group into two. There are those that are wise, intelligent, prudent. But then there are those that are foolish, full of folly, and impious. In verse 3, it reveals the key difference in characteristic. The foolish, they take no oil with them, but the wise take oil. Why is this such an important distinction? My dear friends, in the time of Jesus there in the first century, lamps didn't work like they work today. A lamp of Jesus' time would have resembled more of a bowl than a lamp. And if you can picture in your mind a bowl with the brim pinched just slightly at one point to make almost like a little spout. Into that spout, a wick would have been inserted or laid, and it would draw up the oil, and most of the time it was olive oil, in the little lamp, and that would fuel the flame. Lamps were kept burning day and night in ancient times, not only because those lamps served as a source of light, but they also kept fire at hand. The lamp of Jesus' time would be comparable to today's flashlight. And just like a lamp of ancient times needed oil to fuel the flame, a flashlight in modern times needs batteries. Without the batteries, the flashlight is useless. In the same way, in Jesus' time, an oil, excuse me, a lamp without oil was useless. And so, if you didn't have an oil, you didn't have any light. Now, it's interesting, my dear friends, as we study this, throughout the scripture, oil is used symbolically, especially olive oil, as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And here in this parable, Jesus is now making it very clear 
All ten virgins have what appears to be a pure faith. Each of them has a lamp, the word of God. But only five of them are fueled by the power of the Holy Spirit. What does this mean? My friends, Jesus is trying to help us understand. Simply having a head knowledge of the word of God is not enough. In this parable, Jesus teaches us that a head knowledge of the word without the experience of the oil of the Holy Spirit is simply foolishness and folly. However, this story also reveals that despite their differences, these two groups resemble each other more than one might think. The Bible states that while the bridegroom was delayed, how many of them, friends, you're reading in your Bible? All of them slumbered and slept. Both the wise and the foolish slumbered and slept. They slumbered. They became careless. They began to nod off. They became drowsy. And then they slept. You know, it's interesting. The word here for sleep is the same word used in the New Testament to refer to someone dying. This was a deep sleep. They were no longer watching. They were no longer ready. They were no longer paying attention. They were sleeping such a deep sleep. It was as if they were dead. My dear friends, Jesus begs to have each of us ask the question as we look at this parable, are you struggling? Are you struggling with your relationship with Jesus today? Does it seem to you that your religious experience is almost dead? There is hope. Jesus gives us hope in this parable. Listen to what The remainder of the parable says, the remainder of the parable gives us evidence of the hope that there is in Jesus Christ. There in Matthew chapter 25, verses 6 and onward, the Bible says this, and at midnight, a cry was heard, behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. There is a first note of Hope right there, my dear friends. Jesus is coming and he is coming soon to take his people home. Verse seven goes on. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. And the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Once again, in the original Greek, It says literally in the middle of the night, at the deepest and darkest hour of the night, a cry goes forth. The bridegroom is coming now. Go out to meet him. 
I picture in my own mind the surprise of the virgins. Do you ever remember a time where you were startled out of a deep, slumbering sleep? That is what happened to these virgins. These virgins were having the same experience. They're startled from their slumbering sleep, bewildered and groggy. They get up and they trim their lamps. What does that mean? They, they took the burnt portion of the wick and they cut it off. They shaved it off. And then they replenished their supply of oil. And it's at this point that the foolish realize they have no oil. And so they ask the wise, hey, give us some of your oil. But they do not give them any of their oil. Now, at first glance, friend, this may seem selfish, but it's not selfish at all. It actually illustrates and emphasizes the point. My dear friends, we cannot be responsible for someone else's salvation. And here's what's vital for each of us. Nor can we expect someone else to be responsible for our salvation. We cannot count on our parents. We cannot ride the coattails of our pastor into heaven. No, it is about a personal relationship and a personal decision. We can show someone to Christ. We can show them his ways and we can demonstrate what a living faith looks like, but each individual is responsible for their own salvation. And my dear friends, this is why Paul says in Philippians 2.12, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. My dear friends, each of us must take a personal responsibility for our own salvation. We cannot depend upon our parents. We cannot depend upon our priest. We cannot ride the coattails of our pastor into heaven. It is actually the very key of the passage we're studying today that we each must individually be ready for the return of Jesus Christ. We must take this responsibility seriously of being ready for Jesus. We know that he said to watch and be ready. And my dear friends, being ready for Jesus is more important than anything else in life. But I would like to reflect even further on these very texts. My dear friends, this passage that we're studying today is actually direct counsel to those who claim to be God's people, those who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. You see, what is very troubling about this very passage is that all of them fell asleep. This parable is a call for God's people to wake up I have to wonder, and it's a bit speculative, but I have to wonder how this parable would have played out if the wise would have stayed awake. Could they have warned the foolish earlier to go get oil? My dear friends, while this passage emphasizes the personal responsibility that each of us has for our own salvation, it is a call to wake up out of our slumber that we might share this message with others. And my dear friends, this passage has an ending that is quite disappointing. 
but yet abundantly clear. There will be a time when it's too late to make a decision to follow Jesus. The foolish virgins had the knowledge of where to go get the oil, but they did not utilize that knowledge until it was too late. And friends, don't miss this. There is a dangerous teaching as it comes with the second coming of Jesus. And that is the idea that after the second coming, there's a second chance. This parable is clear. There is no second chance. At Jesus' second coming, there will be no second chance. We must be ready when Jesus comes again. These virgins, these foolish virgins, as then they tried to get into the banquet at a late arrival. Hear the most disappointing and devastating words that anyone could ever hear in their life. Jesus, the bridegroom, says to them, I never knew you. My dear friends, another key point of this passage is that time will eventually run out for people to make a decision. And friends, I cannot emphasize this too much. There's no second chance. Now is the time. Today is the day to make that decision. And the last verse of the parable gives us the last key point. Verse 13 says this, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour which the Son of Man is coming. My dear friends, this passage advises us to be spiritually awake all the time, to be in a state of constant readiness. The only difference between the foolish and the wise is that the wise had an intent desire to do all that was within their power to be ready for the bridegroom. And because of that, they found themselves receiving the reward of the promise. Preparedness, friends. Preparedness is the key. Spiritual preparedness. You know, you hear a lot about preparedness in these days. People stockpiling food and doing all kinds of these things. But this parable demonstrates to us that spiritual preparedness is absolutely vital. This parable outlines how we are to be ready for the return of Jesus. And it gives us hope in this helpless and hopeless planet that we're living in. It calls upon us to have the lamp, the word of God, the Bible. My dear friends, we need to spend time each day reading the Bible, understanding the Bible. We need to find spiritual support at a church that teaches the Bible. And my dear friends, if we're at a church that goes against the Bible, if we are under the learning of a priest or a pastor who does not teach from the Bible, God's call is that we must turn from that and find a pastor, find a church that teaches from the Bible. But then we also need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to pray and ask God's Spirit to be upon us. And according to the promise of the Bible, the Holy Spirit will lead us 
into all truth. We need to take personal responsibility for our spiritual life. My friends, it's time to wake up. We need to stop just going through the motions of life. We must wake up and get our spiritual house in order. We must realize that time will eventually run out and we need to wake up now and we need to stay awake. Friend, is that your desire today? Do you want to have a living relationship with Jesus and to be in a constant state of readiness for his return? My dear friends, Jesus is coming. He is coming and he's coming to take those home who are ready. He's coming to take them to that place, that place that he's preparing. Will you be ready? On December the 26th, 2004, off the Sumatran coast of Indonesia, there was an earthquake that measured over nine on the Richter scale. This mega thrust earthquake, as it was called, sent shock waves that led to tsunami waves measuring over 30 meters, 100 feet in height. And as those waves came upon the land, over a quarter of a million people died in 14 different countries. There are multitudes of stories of the waters receding from the beaches and thousands going out to investigate the dry ocean bed. And those stories are troubling and terrifying because these people did not take note of the telltale signs that a tsunami was coming and so many lives were lost. However, there are other amazing stories in the midst of the tsunami. One of them is of a young girl, Tilly Smith, 10 years old from the UK. This young British girl and her parents were on a beach in Thailand. And as they walked along the beach, young Tilly noticed something. She noticed the waters of the ocean behaving oddly, that the ocean waters were frothing and coming in and then going out more and more. And you see, young Tilly, this young British girl, had been studying about tsunamis in her school classwork. And with great panic, she began telling her parents that they needed to leave and the beach needed to be evacuated. This 10-year-old girl convinced her parents because she was watching and she was ready. And then her parents, being convinced, shared with the authorities and the authorities cleared the beach. And no one on that particular beach died. My dear friends, Jesus says to watch and be ready. Do you want to be ready? John 6 and verse 37 give us a very simple, very simple counsel on how you can be ready. Speaking of Jesus, in John 6, 37, the Bible says this. The one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Come to Jesus. 
Jesus doesn't reject anyone. Come to Jesus. Commit to a life of reading the scripture. Commit to a life of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Commit yourself to being ready to meet him. My dear friend, do you want to be ready to meet Jesus? Leave a comment right now on whatever platform you happen to be watching this video and say, I want to be ready to meet Jesus. Maybe you're saying, I want to be baptized. I want to be ready. I've been contemplating baptism for a long time. Friend, leave a comment in the comment section or even better yet, go to awr.org forward slash Bible. And there is a section there where you can ask a question. Go into that section and just simply ask the question, how can I be prepared for baptism? How can I be prepared for the Lord's return? Friend, today is the day. Now is the time to make a decision to follow him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful that Jesus has given us signs and warnings that we might be ready for his return. I pray that each individual watching today would watch and be ready. I pray especially for that person who's making a decision for the first time to be baptized, and to receive the power of the Holy Spirit through that baptism. I pray, Lord, that you would hold them to that decision and that they would follow up and they would be baptized and be ready for Jesus' soon return. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. My dear friends, don't forget, go to www.awr.org forward slash Bible. There you can register, become a part of the Unlocking Bible Prophecies family. You'll also get the special privilege of an invitation to become a part of the Unlocking Bible Prophecies Facebook group. You'll get early notifications of upcoming special programs, including some live programs that we'll be doing. And remember, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Also, click on that little bell so you can be alerted each time Adventist World Radio releases a new video. My dear friends, God bless each one of you. And remember, we have the prophetic word confirmed in this book. And you do well to heed it as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. I pray, dear friends, that the morning star Jesus rises in your heart as we together dig deeper and unlock Bible prophecies. God bless you and see you next time. I hope you have enjoyed listening to the end time prophetic events. Whether you've never before opened a Bible or have been studying it all your life, you'll gain new insights from this series. By looking at Revelation and Daniel, as well as other books of the Bible, you'll find that the Bible itself clearly unlocks the mysteries of Bible prophecies. This will transform what may feel like a confusing book into something clear and understandable. 
if you want to learn more Bible truth or ask a Bible question or perhaps find freedom, healing, and hope in Jesus, please give us a call. Our WhatsApp number is plus We are certain that you'll gain a deeper understanding of Jesus' love for you and emerge with an even closer relationship with Him. For more information, visit us on the web at bible.awr.org or send us an email at bible.awr.org. I want to 
स्पर्शे सूची जे रेमाचेता Oh, oh, oh. 
তুমি কাজ করো তোমার রাজ্য তোমার ইচ্ছানুসারে তোমার ইচ্ছানুসারে আমি সে থাকতে চাই তোমার চালনানুসারে আমি বাত থাকতে চাই দুর্বল আমার দ্বারা তুমি কাজ করো তোমার রাজ্য তোমার ইচ্ছানুসারে ও প্রভু আমাকে চালো